0: Welcome to episode 035 of A Problem Squared, a podcast where we set sail in a ship across the ocean of all human knowledge and experience in attempts to find solutions, distant solutions to problems sent in by our listeners. Um, I'm Matt Parker. I'm like the uh, on-ship on uh, sextant, capable of doing ridiculously complicated and occasionally helpful calculations as we navigate our way across the ocean of all human knowledge and experience and uh, I'm joined by beckhill the poop deck because it's the <laughs> funniest part of a ship
1: <laughs> i don't know Sexton's pretty funny too it's
0: also also very funny uh both both poop deck and sextant uh from uh latin boring otherwise boring latin words that um Oh. Sound funny in modern English. There you
1: are. I'm I'm amazed that you didn't say poop back.
0: The poop back instead of poop deck. That would have been funnier. This is why you are the poop the poop deck <laughs> of of HMS a problem squared.
1: Yeah, I'm where all the action happens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you you are you are the structural roof to a cabin at the rear of the ship. I mean, uh, there's no better way to summarize your place in the role, whereas I'm kept in a box in a I cabin. really...
1: I'm, hi, new listeners. If anyone's never listened to A Problem Square before, I swear we're normally... I mean, this normally makes a lot more sense. There's a lot more... clarified. But Matt is currently in Australia, as we speak, speaking. I can tell you're giddy. You're all hyped up.
0: I am. I am.
1: I'm recording in a cupboard in London.
0: I mean, that's business as usual from your end, but despite being in different hemispheres... On this episode,
1: I'll be looking at how long it would take us to eat the moon if it was made of cheese.
0: I've run the numbers on dropping a bullet.
1: And we've got some any other business.
0: Let's drop this bullet. (laughs) So, Beck, I mean, other than being in the cupboard, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Been doing some voiceovers.
0: Oh, from the cupboard?
1: From the cupboard, yep. There's a, a thing called a Yoto player, which is like, it's basically if you've got kids and you don't want to give them a phone or an iPad.
0: Right. Yeah. You
1: can give them this little box and they stick a card in and it will play like a story. And oh. they've got an exercise series called Let's Move. And it's these three animals that lead kids through a story that involves exercising. The kids can. Listen. The exercise and then along. Be a part of the story, yeah. Okay. And I voice kangaroo, <laughs> Of which course you do. Very much sounds like me now. It's like, Hey, get off my tail
0: Normal back voice.
1: It's three steps to the right, one step to the left, and clap. Got it? Okay. Great work at home, guys.
0: how detailed is the script? Is it word for word or do you kind of improvise around?
1: It's mainly word for word, but I throw in improvisations and sometimes they make the cut. I did... Oh, oh okay. here's a little... If any, So the thing is, uh, I've actually had friends message me and say, do you voice the kangaroo on the Yoto player exercises? No, that's so they've good. They've got toddlers <laughs> who use it. And I was like, well, yes. <laughs> but there's an episode where we are trying to make bird sounds and they wanted right. just a range of us doing different bird sounds and I did the uh, Bluth family's versions of chicken noises from <laughs> the <First of laughs> development.
0: Has anyone in this family even seen a chicken?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've, uh, uh, yeah, I've snuck that in there for any parents listening. They'll just hear me going like, ca-ca-ca, ca ca so Hopefully uh-huh. that'll provide them with a bit of, bit of lollage. How about you, Matt? What have you been up to? Uh,
0: I'm in Australia, as advertised, which is very exciting. Got to see my family for the first time in a while. And I uh, I bought a pair of shorts. That was, that was one of the highlights of my trip so far.
1: Have you never done that before? I, well. You just wear the ones you find on the street.
0: (laughs) I'm wearing the shorts right now. I'm not going to. Get up. What's amazing about the shorts is they cost me $1. I bought a $1 pair of shorts. I have never purchased oh. a pair of shorts for that little money in my life. I was, Please tell me it's I've from a charity telling, shop. It was from a charity shop. Okay. Or, okay.
1: Op, would you go op shop in Australia? Yeah, I, w- I would say op shop. Yeah. But I, I, I translate now for where we live.
0: But you're in a cupboard in the UK. So you said uh, mm. charity shop. I, I believe thrift store would be the US um equivalent and so so when I was packing all my shorts were no longer up to you know they wouldn't cut the mustard anymore coming out of the pandemic so I say like no
1: longer up to your knees <laughs> no <laughs> yeah they secretly like, yeah. become trousers in your spare time
0: my, exactly I've I've lost a lot of weight and height during the um the lockdowns <laughs> and so uh I was like what well, I all the shorts and we buy them in Australia I hadn't been to Australia for a couple of years so I was down on shorts I was like no worries <laughs> I'll 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 head out. I'll get some shorts when I get there, and I packed like my bathers and some other ones. So I, I had like you know backup shorts. Uh, and then the thing is coming into winter here. No one no one's stocking shorts. So I had to. I was like, well I, I'll go I'll go to the op shop. So I did a, a one dollar one. I I thought it was a pricing error. They're good shorts, but I got to the counter. They're like no, one dollar please. And I was like, can I pay on card? And like, oh this guy.
1: Someone died in those. Possibly. They are haunted shorts. They're haunted shorts.
0: People have returned them several times. That's
1: why they're so cheap. If you get a good deal at a charity store, they're haunted.
0: They're a short horror story. Yeah. What would haunted <gasps> shorts do to you? Though? I don't know, yeah. but
1: I reckon I could get a book out of it.
0: <laughs> uh, I remember that stage of the writing career. <laughs> That'll do.
1: <laughs> I think haunted shorts, they'd be like cursed shorts. They would just keep getting shorter until they become underpants.
0: Well, yeah. I've not been measuring, and then them, they would go inside you. I, <laughs> <like, laughs> uh, I, I thought you wrote stories for kids.
1: <laughs> I like I a did. wedgie
0: is the natural comedy ending to that. Yeah. I w- well, I went to pay on card. My mum was with me, and she's like, "No, nah, no, no! I've <laughs> got a dollar." So they cancelled the transaction, and the mum's like, "Oh, I haven't got a dollar," <laughs> and so they had to put it through again. And that's, and I've I've been telling this story. To everyone who will listen, about the time I spent
1: $1 on a pair of shorts. When you went shopping for shorts with your mum, and she uh, yep. couldn't afford $1, so you had to like, put it on your card. <laughs> he's, he's had to put it on my card, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Are you doing okay, Matt? Are you alright? Do we need more Patreons, <laughs> yeah. supporters? Look, I, was t- I took the mum out, I was like, mum,
0: we're going we're gonna to go op shopping, I need to buy some shorts, we'll buy some books, we we'll had a great time. We bought books and you shorts. spent
1: all your money on lasers and cameras for your <laughs> yes, special. So
0: true. From from the highest highs to. I need a dollar for shorts. One day, you're on stage, the Bloomsbury Theatre. Next day, haunted shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Look back. I mean, all our updates can't be. Oh, I had a TV show. Oh, I was voicing a kangaroo, in a wildly popular, <laughs> children's toy. Sometimes you've just got to buy a pair of shorts, you know. And I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna try and glamour it up. It is what it is. All right. Enough. Enough of my problems. <laughs> Shall we solve someone else's?
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's do it.
0: Okay. Beck, the first problem was sent in by Will, who used the problem posing page at problem squared dot com, and they have said if the moon was made of cheese. How long would it take for the people of Earth to consume it entirely? Good problem there, Will. Uh, they've also clarified some assumptions for you. They're going to assume people consume cheese at the same rate they normally would. So the sudden mm-hmm. surplus of moon cheese wouldn't change their eating habits. Uh, there's no issue with transporting the cheese and the moon is by volume, not mass. Very comprehensive background notes, Will. All right, back. what have you got?
1: Well, first of all, I love that this is Will's problem because <laughs> it suggests to me that Will is some sort of supervillain <laughs> with uh, <laughs> yeah, right. some yep. kind of cheese ray gun thing, and is just trying to just try to iron out the kinks before they follow through with their major plan, or indeed a superhero who's trying to solve world hunger. Oh, nice!
0: In either case, you want to do a few quick calculations just to make sure your plan is is numerically feasible.
1: Yes. Should always practice safe maths. So as you may have noticed, Matt, this is a, a mathsy question. I've, yeah. I've wandered into your your area.
0: You have. It was on my short list of problems. I saw it come in and went, that'll be a Matt one. And you were like, no.
1: Nah. Your short list of problems is your shorts, mate. <laughs> yeah, you
0: know it. <laughs> I was like, I haven't got time for it this time. I'm, I'm too busy <laughs> buying shorts.
1: <laughs> so, I thought to answer it, uh I needed to work out what type of cheese the moon would be made of. Oh. And
0: Can I confess? No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> not not the appropriate time. I've never fully understood the moon is cheese joke. Is it just does the moon look like a type of cheese? or is it like some of the historic reason for that being a joke i have to i've never never really understood why that's a a recurring thing
1: yeah well uh but short answer yes it is because it looks a little bit like cheese so there's actually no proof to suggest that anyone has believed that the moon is made of cheese it has been referenced uh way back way way back really so wow. yeah So to like almost ancient times. So the earliest mention of the moon being cheese dates back to a lot of folklore. There's a Servian tale. So that's like the Slavs. Um, It's like a form almost paganism type thing. And there's a story about a fox that tricked a wolf. So basically the fox pointed at the reflection of a moon in some water and was like oh there's a delicious cheese oh. and the wolf then drank all the water to try and get to the cheese no and cheese. then burst
0: wow oh that's not that's not the ending i saw yeah. coming
1: yeah and there's de- there's obviously different versions of this in fact in the uh, 11th century there was a reference to that folk tale by uh, a french rabbi called rashi but they'd mixed it in with some more biblical type texts as well. And it sort of continued on. And then there were more references to it in more modern times, but it's just sort of always been this whole suggestion that the moon is made of cheese. The moon looks like cheese or could be mistaken for cheese. So I thought to work out what type of cheese the moon is made of, I should just go back to what the earliest version of that, is on record and work out what sort of cheese was around. So did a ton of research and eventually found that the most common cheese around the time that that tale would have been told would have been very similar to what we today see as feta. So there's obviously different types of different names that I can't pronounce. It's like a Balkan cheese. Right. But it is very, very similar to feta. So, I've gone with feta.
0: You know what? I, I agree. That was probably the most moon-like cheese that I could think of.
1: Yeah. I think other than that, like Swiss cheese, I think, is all ele- ele- ele-mental, ele-mental, ele- elemental cheese, my dear Watson. Something like that. They've got holes in them, don't they? They look like big craters. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But you've gone feta. But, uh,
1: but I've gone feta. So, yeah. I've done my calculations and found out the moon is roughly 22 billion cubic kilometers. And oh, what I will whoa. say is okay. I've actually, I've used the proper measurements in all of these, but to say them out loud would take forever. So I've rounded them to say roughly, but in my actual calculations, I use the real numbers. Oh yeah. I've done nice. a, de- I've done a Dexter in my calculations, but in explaining yeah. them, I will use the shorter versions. So the moon is roughly 22 billion cubic kilometers.
0: That's a lot. Yeah. A cubic kilometer is big.
1: Yeah. Which is that like, that blew my mind in itself. And then I had to actually go back and check and yeah.
0: Did you get like the radius and put it into the calculation?
1: Uh, No, I got it off NASA's website.
0: (laughs) Oh, that does it too.
1: Yeah, I figured I could trust that. I did check it against a few other websites just to make sure that I had understood.
0: Oh, you want to double check NASA? Make sure they they haven't, you know.
1: For reference, the, the Earth is something trillion. And I know from seeing your show and from reading your book, that the difference between a billion and a trillion is actually very much. It's a lot. It's pretty big.
0: It's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from memory, the moon's like a sixth of the size of the Earth. But that's like, as as we've done many times, that's just the length. You've actually got to cube it to get the volume, which is why you've got such a crazy difference.
1: Yeah. So first I had to look at how many cubic centimeters are in twenty-two billion cubic kilometers.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And uh, I did it in stages just to help me. So it turns into roughly 22 quintillion cubic meters.
0: Uh, So you've gone from billion to quintillion. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. That's like an extra nine zeros.
1: Correct. And then into cubic centimeters from there, then I ended up with 22 billion cubic kilometers that equals roughly 22 septillion cubic centimetres.
0: That sounds plausible. That's it's so weird to me because if I'm trying to think it through, my brain keeps trying to flipping it back into orders of magnitude, but I'm not fluent enough in septillion and, and quintillion to be able to do that because you're saying them like a normal human, whereas I'm trying to put them back into stupid math version.
1: Would you, uh? Would you like me to...
0: Carry on, carry on. This this is my problem. I'll deal with it.
1: Okay, then I wanted to work out how much cheese that would be, and with the help of our producer Lauren, we measured.
0: How big is each? How big was the block of cheese you measured?
1: So the block of feta is one hundred and sixty cubic centimeters. So I think it was ten by eight by two centimeters.
0: Oh, but that's like two hundred grams of.
1: It's only two hundred grams. Yeah.
0: Okay. Right. 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 Okay. So that's that, that. That's that's your that's your standard unit of cheese. Gotcha.
1: So then all I had to do was divide 22 septillion by 160. Piece of cake. Which turns out to be roughly 137 sextillion cheeses. Will wanted to know how long it would take us to eat it if everyone in the world was to eat cheese at the same rate as us. And I was able to find the numbers of how quickly. Now by us, I'm going by UK because that is where we are generally based. So in 2021, the UK consumed 11.14 kilograms of cheese per capita. So per person.
0: Oh, that's assuming we we convert all our cheese consumption into feta, moon feta.
1: Yeah, we we're going to make that assumption. And I'll be honest, 11.14 kilograms of cheese per year per capita. Like for me, that is, I am definitely bringing up that average because
0: (laughs) half of us are.
1: (laughs) I'm definitely eating. More than eleven kilos of cheese a year, I reckon.
0: A kilo a month, if you get like two hundred fifty gram blocks of cheese, a block a week. Mm. I mean, that's that's a lot of cheese. Now I think about it that way.
1: Well, I mean, you should. I didn't do the calculations with these, but the US is like between seventeen and eighteen kilograms per oh, whoa, capita yeah. per year. Oh, and that's Europe.
0: That's cheating. Like they've got cheese in so many different forms. <laughs> Like in America, (laughs) you can spray it on things. It comes in slices that you just slide into things.
1: And Europe was something like just over 20 kilos of cheese. Oh my. Which you kind of expect.
0: Wow. So in Europe, if you wanted to take, let's say you're traveling, you want to take a year's of cheese with you. It's more than your checked luggage on a flight.
1: Yeah. What's checked luggage? Like 15?
0: 20 kilos. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it'd be, uh, ju- it'd be just. You can push it yeah. to twenty
0: three. Maybe you'd get away with it. I reckon
1: you could just get away with it. <laughs> Look really uh, innocent as you go through. <laughs> so, going by those numbers, if we were assuming that we were all just eating feta instead of any other kind of cheese, that would be the equivalent of us eating roughly fifty six cheeses each per year. Yep. Gotcha. Now the current world population is seven point nine billion. Which means that if everyone ate cheese at the same rate as British people, then we would consume roughly 442 billion blocks of feta a year. That's about right. So, with that in mind, I can tell you the answer. Oh my goodness. It means it would take us roughly 310 billion years to eat the moon.
0: Oh my goodness! Which still I mean, sounds
1: like a lot, but when you consider that we need to eat twenty-two sextillion cheeses,
0: I mean, I was expecting a bigger number than that. If I'm being honest, thank you. In billions, that's achievable. Yeah, I mean, it, that's longer than the current age of the moon, which is like I don't know, it's like under four billion or something.
1: Ah, so it's ripe.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um it's been, you know, space matured. I don't know how long the solar system is gonna last. I feel like the sun will have uh baked baked it before like expanded and and yeah, fondue fondued it before we have a chance <laughs> to eat it all. I mean you, you could factor in increased population in the future. But maybe with all this cheese consumption, populations will dwindle. As everyone's time is dedicated to cheese eating.
1: Do you know what? That seems like a um, a difficult number to aspire to, you know, $310 billion. So I thought may- maybe I know that that's eating at the rate that we eat now. But yep. what if we just ate, you know, what we could. And if you recall, oh. episode 002, where we oh,
0: tried to find out pizza? how much
1: pizza is too much pizza. We found out the capacity... For the human stomach. And I double checked this. Because the human stomach was like on average about two liters when you're eating. And I did double check a few things. But they do say that that does convert quite well into about 2,000 cubic centimeters.
0: Oh, okay. So Of, Of eating capacity.
1: Yeah. So technically, we could eat. 12 and a half blocks of feta a day, oh my. we would be overwhelmingly over our calorie, our recommended calorie intake. <laughs> I saying. mean, I think our, think I our recommended calorie intake is between 2,000 and 2,500. And uh, one cheese is about just over 500 calories. So, oh, you, okay. You'd be going about four times over the limit.
0: So the first five, no problem. So, you're telling me I could wake up in the morning, eat five blocks of feta, and just be like, done for the day. That's that's my calorie intake. I think,
1: tech. legally, I should say, please don't do that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but if we were to do that, if we were to eat 12 and a half blocks of feta a day, all of us, the entire human race, and... Just assume that the population is going to stay the same, that for every person who yep. dies, we're assuming that babies are also capable of eating this much cheese. Yeah, fair enough. We could cut down. We wouldn't have to spend 310 billion years. We mm-hmm. could eat the moon in only 4 billion years. <laughs> <laughs> That, I think
0: you might have just got that within the expected remaining lifetime of the solar system, therefore the moon. Yeah. I've uh, also just done a quick check here, looking up on NASA,
1: <laughs>
0: and they say the sun has about five billion years to go. Normally, I'd just <gasps> ask my wife, but she's in the wrong hemisphere right now. And so uh, NASA's my, you know next one down my list. Uh, five billion years. So you, so if we max out, we could do as it. you described, we can do it. It's achievable. That's amazing.
1: Do we just got to have 12 and a half blocks in a day.
0: He's going to be dedicated.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my new level of, uh, my new area of expertise.
0: That's amazing. I hate to speak on behalf of Will, but I feel like they phrased their problem with such great detail and precision. I can very safely... Double check, it ticks all the boxes. and I think you've solved that problem. You, you've uh, both answered it as written and you've found a way we can do it within the lifetime of the solar system. So I'm going to give you, give you a, a big old cheesy ding.
1: Thank you. There is a dinglet or a wing ding, if you will, for you, Matt. This is from Jay. And I actually might right. get you to help me with this because I'm not entirely sure if I understand the problem.
0: Oh, they're making they're making some assumptions in this, in this setup. Okay. Yeah.
1: So Jay says, I heard somebody say today that if you shot a bullet and dropped a bullet at the same time, they would hit the ground at the same time.
0: Which is, well, okay. They're, they're glossing over some details. Okay. But that is correct. So if you were holding a bullet... Mm-hmm. And you also had a gun, like, perfectly horizontal. You're not shooting it down towards the ground. You're not shooting it up in the air. You're yep. shooting it perfectly flat with the ground, mm-hmm. away from you, preferably. And away from everyone else, come to think of it. <laughs> and you you let go of a bullet at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the bullet you fire, there's nothing in its way. It's just going to keep going until eventually it curls down and hits the ground. It, also assuming there's no air in the room, which is... Mildly inconvenient, and most shooting ranges will not accommodate this request. <laughs> um, or the bullet is big enough, or, or in the air for not enough time that air resistance doesn't play a big part. Because if you're shooting it perfectly horizontally, it's got no up or down component in its in the right. force in the direction it's moving. Okay, it's actually falling purely because of gravity. Because the shooting of the gun that's aspect that's generally is how only falling works, Matt.
1: Most things fall because of gravity. uh, Yes,
0: that is very true. But if you shot the bullet straight down, it would fall very, very fast because you've shot it down. Right. If you shoot it sideways, its downward component is only falling, which you are right, is all gravity. Okay. And so because the bullet you dropped and the bullet you shot are both only falling under gravity, they hit the ground at the same time. That is, therein lies the setup. And you you can try this if you get like a Nerf gun or something and you drop a bullet at the same time you shoot a Nerf gun, they will hit the ground at pretty much exactly the same time.
1: I I genuinely... I'm sure you're right. I think the problem is is that when I shoot Nerf things, I yep. think I'm shooting sideways, but I'm actually shooting slightly up, so it curves. Like the way you would throw a paper airplane.
0: Aren't you also doing like an awesome cartwheel to... Get into cover at the same time while shooting yeah, I do it to spy rounds.
1: break from the Matrix. I that that track, yeah, that's
0: the one. The propeller heads, if I,
1: I yeah, it is the propeller heads. I was gonna say it, and then yeah, I was like, yeah. Yeah, "Look at us, nerds!" So <laughs> yeah.
0: Also, can us I late nineties nerds?
1: <laughs> I'm gonna raise a point with you. No, do you know what? There's a time and a place back and. Uh, this is not it.
0: Were you going to go one tangent too far?
1: It's just the fact that you know they're shooting those security guards. They're not like they're not agents. Oh, yeah. They're just normal security guards who are doing like yep. metal detector things at yeah. this building. And I know that this is to like save the world or whatever, but from
0: like they're oh, still blah, blah, blah. real
1: people. They're still they say if you die in the matrix, yep. you die in real life. So they still literally murdered real life people.
0: And it's not like some films where you're like, oh, but they're evil hench people. Or they're like, you know, they shouldn't be working for the mafia or whatever. If You know, but th- these are just normal chumps at their job in, just a, security in, a, in a building.
1: They're actually just working yeah. for the safety of other people. And they're, trying,
0: they're trying to protect people. And these jerks come in in slow motion. Yeah. And awesome shoot up the place.
1: Right. Like if you were to but watch that, that film scene, from the perspective of someone who is quite happy living within the Matrix and doesn't want to go out and live yeah. in a crazy world. That you're you are just watching two people rock up and just straight up shoot up everyone at works just, at this uh, building.
0: Just, yeah. Your, Your last they... thought would be, Wow, the bullets they're shooting are hitting the ground at the same time as the expelled
1: <laughs> shells. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in does awesome that mean slow motion. in that scene where it shows you the bullets falling out of the magazine in the helicopter and they're all falling in slow motion? They're coming out while they're shooting across yep. into the building at all the agents around Morpheus while he's sitting in his chair. Does that mean that those bullets will hit the ground? Well, yeah, because they're in a building and the other ones are just hitting Well, if they people. didn't hit the
0: building... And there was no air and the second half of this problem, then yes.
1: Okay, cool. Good. (laughs) Right. Let's bring it back. So Jay then goes on to say, I generally agree with this, but I have a problem. Yeah. Join the queue, Jay. The bullet travels in a straight line (laughs) (laughs) over a long enough distance. I would think the curvature of the earth comes into it. The earth falls away, meaning the bullet would have to fall further than the one just dropped. So my problem is how much does the earth drop away and how much longer does the bullet take to hit the So my problem is how much does the Earth drop away and how much longer does the bullet take to hit the ground because of it?
0: Okay, so I'm not gonna properly answer Jay's problem here. Because you'd have you know, you'd look at what sort of bullet, how far it travels, how far the earth curves. You could run all the numbers on this. What I thought was interesting is the same situation still works so in in the kind of realistic sense where we're talking about someone holding a gun shooting it, let there's a little bit of curvature of the earth even if the bullet curves with the earth and you like you dig a hole so the one you drop can fall further they'll still stay in sync and actually the idea of launching a projectile and it's trying to fall down to the Earth, but the Earth is curving away, that's why satellites and things stay in orbit. That's exactly what they're doing. Mm. Because if you gradually shot a bullet faster and faster and faster, at some point, you would shoot it so fast, it would make it all the way around the planet before it was able to, you know, the planet's curving away as fast as it's dropping because it's going so fast. And actually, I worked it out. You'd have to shoot the bullet At 7,900 meters per second, or that's roughly, it's over 17,000 miles per hour. It's just over 28,000 kilometers per hour. If you shot a bullet that fast, it would go, and there's no air, it would go all the way around the earth and come straight back to where you are. So you shoot yourself and, you know, it's your fault.
1: It would would actually go down Mm -hmm. a little bit, wouldn't it, over time. So you might end up shooting yourself in the foot
0: top-notch joke, but at that speed it wouldn't go down at all. Ah. That's the speed to stay at exactly the same height. But how does that compare to dropping the bullet? So let's say you're going to drop a bullet, but you've dug a hole through the earth. So if you had a hole that went all the way through the earth and out the other side, straight through the middle, and ignore the engineering issues, ignore any practical concerns, you've got a hole all the way through the earth. If you drop the bullet, It's going to start falling because the earth is pulling it down. But the further it falls, the less earth there is underneath it to keep pulling it down because it's working its way through the earth. Until it gets to the middle and right in the middle, it's no longer any gravity because it's right in the center of the earth.
1: Mm.
0: But it's now moving super fast. So it's going to overshoot. And what will actually happen is if you dropped a bullet into a hole, at the same time you shot another bullet so fast it's going to orbit the Earth, the one you dropped would fall into the hole, speed up, speed up, speed up, hit the middle, carry on, gradually slow down, come out the far side of the Earth, out of the hole, and then that's where it would slow down to a halt, exactly when it would be hit by the (gasps) other bullet that you'd fired orbiting the Earth. What? They they would they would hit at exactly the same point on the opposite side of the planet. Show me your working. I can. I've got in great detail. Um, I've done it both using integrals and I've done it uh, using Python code to do it numerically. I did it a few years ago. I dusted off some old calculations. And even better, the maximum speed the falling bullet would reach as it's falling through the Earth, right at the center of the Earth, is exactly the same speed you had to shoot the bullet to make it orbit in the first place. It reaches the same maximum velocity halfway through the planet.
1: Uh, That is some good circle maths.
0: Oh, that's some circle maths. (laughs) It's actually because it's, it's it's exactly the same reason why if you shoot a bullet and you drop it, they hit the ground at the same time. It's because the downwards component is the same in both of them. And if you drop a bullet or anything through a theoretical hole through the Earth... It's basically moving. It's a sine wave, simple harmonic motion. And mm. that sine wave is the up and down component of the orbit going around the Earth. So and it would take uh, just over 42 minutes from when you drop it <gasps> to when it reaches 42. the other side and gets shot.
1: So that's minutes and 10 seconds. why it's the meaning of life. We have to dig a hole in the That's why it's the meaning of, the of life. life. So. Yep.
0: Yeah. I mean, the other thing, just to throw in there and I apologize if people already know this, but um, that 42 minutes it takes for something to fall all the way through the Earth, that doesn't have to go straight through the Earth. That can be any hole going in any direction coming out somewhere else on the surface. If you slid something through that hole with no friction, it would take 42 minutes exactly the same amount of time. In fact, if you're on any planet of any size, that's the same density as the Earth, it always takes 42 minutes and 10 seconds. It's It's the constant for any size planet. That's the same kind of rocky planet, same density as the Earth. A hole going in any direction from one point on the surface to any other point. It always takes the same amount of time for something to fall through that hole. Which is the same as the time it takes for grazing altitude orbits around the same planet.
1: Does that mean in total recall, when they get that lift thing that goes through the center of the Earth... That they would you're go-
0: thinking of the recent remake, I say recent, you're going to tell me it's like oh, it was twenty eleven the yeah, it probably was that actually the remake of recall, yeah, they go through the earth, and that that's exactly this concept,
1: so yeah. do they have a moment where they go that all floaty in the middle
0: with the middle you're in free fall the whole way, but then you're slowing down. That's a really good point. I guess it's the same as you're when you're in a lift, in the middle, and the lift goes no to the top, and you get
1: that little moment of Ooh, in your tummy.
0: Yeah, I think uh, interesting because my instinct is, when you're in free fall for the first half, you wouldn't feel anything because you're in free fall, but then the second half you're slowing down, so you would feel something. But that's not symmetric. Oh, that's weird.
1: That's a different like problem, isn't it?
0: Someone, someone, someone answer that for us. Oh.
1: Lauren, producer, has come through. She says it was made in tw- 2012. Oh, so close. See, I knew I was
0: like recent, it's a decade ago. I'm oh surprised you didn't get it spot on. You're it's such a so big Col- old. Colin Farrell fan. So what?
1: Got that big poster of him behind you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think. You've done a fantastic there job there. So I think that's a ding. I mean I'm still not entirely sure what the question was, know. but it's out I look I'm interested <laughs> I found it I've interesting.
0: Done, I've done something. Yeah.
1: I'll give you a ding. And uh Jay Thanks. Um I'm sure Jay does too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's let Jay decide. We are pretty much at the end of the episode, which means A, OB, it's any other business. So, back this time, Hmm. this time, uh, we've got some reviews. We've not done this for a while. We like to read out the reviews that people leave for us on popular podcast platforms. Mainly iTunes. Let's be honest, uh, because doing that encourages people to do it, which is hugely beneficial, as it pleases the algorithms that be and makes uh, <laughs> makes our podcast more prominent and therefore more able to keep making it. So, what reviews have we got in back?
1: I think it's Shimpei. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. X H I M P E I, who says good listening, gave us five I'll stars. Go They said, listen to this podcast if you enjoy maths, banter, popular sandwich franchise-based reproduction allergies, and resting sarcasm voice. I would say that you should listen to it, even if you don't like those things.
0: Listen to this podcast if you're ambivalent towards maths, banter, (laughs) popular sandwich franchise-based reproduction allergies. What was that one?
1: That's your Subway. Subway sandwich choices. Subway. Actually, oh. do you know what? That might have huh. been me, Matt. That might have been me that came Isn't up with that. That sounds sound like, like a Beck analogy. Did you do that?
0: Next review, also five stars out of five by someone who goes by T L M B or caps. You can decide what that stands for yourself. Too long, Mibum Beeb. Too long, might browse. Hmm. They wrote a joke that was so good they used it twice. The title of the review is "Exceed Dingly Good" hey with yo. "ding" in "exceedingly." Good work. And they opened their review by exceedingly good stuff. Love it. Covering an eclectic range of things that may or may not be a problem for you. Hey, I think they're all realistic and pragmatic problems. But are for somebody. And so our hosts set about... This is like the voiceover. And so our hosts set about solving them using some or all of maths, logic, data, and ingenuity. And then they just chucked two in-jokes with no context at the end. They've just shouted, Nubbard and <laughs> that is not my card. So, excellent.
1: We also had five stars from wardy B, who says, a prime time show. And they've uh, put prime nice. in quotation good marks. Work. Fantastic stuff, wardy Love it. A monthly podcast has now become a bi-weekly podcast. This makes it 2.16667 times better.
0: It's good work. It's accurate. I mean, them, if people are on the fence thinking... If it was just over twice as good, I'd get involved. This will convince them.
1: Yeah, that is great. Thank you so much to those people for leaving reviews, and please leave us. What, you know, send us a message. Um, so, so if you've if you don't have a problem, but you have something that you want to say, leave it in a five star review, and we're more likely to read it.
0: <laughs> it's yeah, it's the best way to communicate with us. There's also, of course, the problem posing page. No, no, don't say that back.
1: Don't say it.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, At iTunes.Apple. I don't know what the website is. (laughs) So, now reviewing is not the only way you can support us. I mean, just listening. That's the first step. Thank you so much. And you're listening right to the end. Good on you. You're our favorite. You can also tell other people about the podcast and a select few people support us on Patreon, which we are very grateful. And we understand not everyone can afford to do that. So thank you very much to the people who do that make it possible for everyone else to listen. And we like to pick three names completely at random every time to thank, which this episode are... Simon Job
1: or Job.
0: Yuting Liu.
1: And John E.M. Standing for... Extra. menthol.
0: Ex- <laughs> extra money.
1: Yeah. For <laughs> fresh. For fresh.
0: You have been listening to a problem squared featuring myself, Matt Parker, as always, Beck Hill, and our producer is Lauren Armstrong Carter. The only thing left to do and people who listened last time will know I'm working with not quite my usual deck but I'm now holding up four cards. Beck is this your card? No Okay I think I'm pretty much where I was a month ago